A stellar week on Wall Street as we've received mild inflation data along with blockbuster earnings. Will the good times last? Well, right now, we do think so. We have a very special guest with us today who is actually on the optimistic side as well. But we're going to question him and see if this if this bull run is going to continue to run. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And Not today, just hot, scalding hot, okay? Oh, I, I know it's scalding hot. I saw it on the Drudge Report, and it looks, it's just boiling hot out there, and oh. it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. But you know what is hot is this stock market, Toby. I got to tell you, it continues to rally, and you can say whatever you want, that we're in a bubble or whatever it is, but right now, the good times are here. So let me get to our featured guest right now. Out of, out of Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia, we have Reese Williams. He is the chief strategist for Spouting Rock Asset Management. Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, Reese. Thank you for having me. Well, I got to tell you, I've seen you in the press lately, and you have been, your comments have been great. You've been spot on with everything you've been saying. But what do you think about this market? We had, we started off the second half with a lot of people were head scratching, maybe thinking, okay, the first half was just it. That was it for the year. But right now, this week, good times are lasting. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, obviously, this is probably not the time to get extremely aggressive given the, the run we've had. But I still think the, the, the bulls are in charge here in the, in the short to medium term. And I don't see what derails this in the next you know, week or two or three, um, given the underlying momentum in the market and given that it's broadening out. It's not just the magnificent seven tech stocks that really powered us from the end of January until until the middle of June. Yeah, well, I, I got to tell you with Toby real quick, though. I mean, like today, we woke up this morning, we saw the, the movement uh, with the JP Morgan uh, numbers coming out. Wells had a good uh, report, Citibank as well. And it really moved the needle for the bulls. I know we had a little bit of selling in the afternoon, but it's probably from traders just taking those profits and headed to the beach a little bit early. But mm -hmm. Toby, I mean, we've talked about this going, I mean, past few months now. I mean, we could talk about all the headwinds. It doesn't seem to matter. Well, what's so interesting, first off, it was easier to call the bear the bull market when everybody was bearish, Todd. I mean, you know, I've never seen that many. God bless some of our friends who we've had on, Mr. Rosenberg in particular, you know, that will use a lot of data to try to make the case of overvaluation, try to make but when you're in a situation like this, which I've said 156 times, that there is no rule book for the post-pandemic, post-Russian invasion. Uh, 22 times, uh, you know, higher interest rate market. We, we've just never been here. So then I think the only thing that you can really count on is, is price tells you direction uh, and momentum and breadth tells you where the market is going. And then you add on top of this is that clearly if the Fed raising rates, and certainly remember in, in 2022, I mean, some of the Magnificent Seven were the Magnificent down 50%. So part of, you know, the Magnificent Seven thing beyond just AI relevance, I, I, I truly just think is that being priced for not being, uh, you know, the rates are being, have already been priced in. So they had to just come back 30 or 40% just to get back to, you know, an even valuation. That, that's a rebound effect. And, you know, I've seen that over the last 30 years, multiple times. But the killer one here is that we now know that if you look at the forward indicator, remember, the Fed has always been fixated on the, you know, the stuff in the past, the stuff that's already happened. But the leading indicator, PPI came out, the producer index. And when PPI goes down, that means 
prices of our goods go down. Uh, and, and that makes mm -hmm. the case that the Fed is done in July. And then what, what are you going to do? Uh, uh, first off, we are buying bonds, uh, Reese, by the way. We're starting to buy mortgage rates. We're starting to buy, you know, in, in rate sensitive uh, investments that pay very high dividends and increase in value when rates come down. Because I'm now betting, and I think a fair amount of strategists are betting, that we've sort of hit peak interest rates here. And oh, by the way, the dollar is telling us something. Gold is telling us something. I'd love to hear what you have to say on that, Reese, because I... The gold price issue and silver were long because the dollar's coming down. I mean, it's like all the classic things are happening at the same time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I do think I do think you're right that bonds have probably peaked um, maybe maybe last week. Um, and and that was a, a, a good opportunity. Bonds, by the way, have not been great this year. Yeah, um, no. You know, they've, they've actually the coupon is kind of nice for the first time in 15 years. But but other than that, it's it's been uh, three yards in a cloud of dust and you've lost a little bit in, in terms of in terms of the bond price. Um, so, yeah, I think that 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 should be fine. I, I kind of agree that the Fed sh should be done after the July rate hike. I, I do think that, however, they might <laughs> they might hike more. I mean, there does seem to be more consensus on the Fed to raise rates than there is in the from the rest of us. So um, I, I don't I don't have the confidence to say that they absolutely won't raise after July. They, they might very well. Uh, and I do think that's the major risk to the market where we could all be wrong is uh, they, they keep tightening because they don't see the real slowdown yet. And then that, you know, you go off the cliff. And that's yeah. that is the risk because because I think even the Fed recognizes there is the long and variable lags of monetary policy and will have increasing tightening effects, even if they don't do anything over the next three to six months. Yeah, you know, Reese, I was thinking I, I got to know uh, Chairman Powell years and years ago. And first off, I mean, people need to remember that, like, you know, he's an Ivy League kid, but his Ivy League degree is in history. Uh, <laughs> right. And as a historian, you know, I'm sure he was he is scared to death of being the Arthur Burns, you know, of the 21st century where he let inflation get away. And and he wants to be Volcker. But I will tell you, my 30 years in Washington, D.C., taught me that when you're coming to a presidential cycle, then, you know, people say that the Fed is not political, which is complete horseshit. Uh, and you're going to see, I, that's why another reason I say that once we get, maybe if, if, remember, the shelter costs, the owner's equivalent rent is like 42% of the CPE. And those prices just hit an epic last year, October 22nd. That was their highest you know, year over year race. As we get into October, they're going to start coming down just year over year. And that means mm -hmm. that inflation has to come down because it's such a big uh, part of it. And then transportation, Lord knows. Have you gone out to buy a new car, Todd, recently? Oh no. my Lord. Um, it's crazy, you know, huh? It's $5,000 over ask. And if you don't say yes, then someone's going to get. On the other hand, used cars prices have come or come dropping. And so, yeah. so you're getting all the formula to see a steady decline in the CPE, which is, of course, what the consumer price expenditures is what the Fed looks at. Um, so I just think there, there's no rationale to keep raising rates when they know better than anyone that we're coming into this part where also, did you see the Wall Street Journal today on, on the top 20 metro, metropolitan areas in the United States? Where prices and home prices are coming down, shockingly, mm -hmm. San Francisco's number one at ten percent. It's hard to believe no one wants to live with people crapping on your yard and <laughs> low. But you know, so we're yeah. in this downward slope, um, and the year-over-year -year comparisons, you know, get pretty tasty. So, Reese, I have that. Here's my question for you. 
you've had over 500 basis points in rate increases, and it really hasn't done anything to the markets. We're expecting this time bomb to go off that's going to truly impact the economy, and it hasn't happened. Amazon Prime announced their best sales ever for Amazon Prime Day. I mean, people are still spending money. Jamie Dimon said it today. I mean, people might not have as much money, but they do have money and they're still continuing to spend. So the economy continues to roll on. Does it really matter if the Fed hikes rates one, two, three more times? Because right now it doesn't, Wall Street doesn't seem to care. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reason why spending stays so strong is the upper 50% is spending money. No and question. That's, and that's really important for everybody's, the publicly traded stocks, because it's the upper 50% that drive a lot of discretionary purchases. Uh, but if you, got, if you look kind of below the surface, there are, there are signs that things are slowing. I mean, boat demand is down and RV demand is down and you know, pe people are not being quite as flush. Um, Le Leslie's just announced a, you know, a, a really bad uh, sales number. True. That's with it's 130 degrees in Scottsdale today. I mean, it's uh, you would think yeah, but, that everybody but, would not skimp on the chemicals this year. So, <laughs> so Toby's so really reporting from the pool. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but I I do think that that um, you know there are signs that the consumer is not blowing and going at all. But the upper is so strong, and then you have the the latent effect from not traveling for a couple of years. So. So people yeah. are hitting the credit card to go to Europe and and you know, go wherever. Todd, Todd, I just add to Reese's point here. I, I, I know for a fact, because I have thousands and thousands of subscribers asking me these questions. Most people in the United States do not understand that the top 20% of households account for 45% of all spending. But on discretionary, the top 20% are responsible for more than 60%. And, you know, the wealth effect still works, baby. You know, people were hunkered down last year. Uh, with their, you know, with their the, the the QQQ, which is all they basically anybody seems to own, which I can't blame. But you know, they're down thirty percent. Man, maybe we're not going to go to you know uh, the Positano this year. Blah blah blah. Now we're reverse wealth effect. Uh, number one. Number two. I, I guarantee you that most people in the United States do not understand that about sixty-five million people get a Social Security check every week and over the last excuse me every month and uh, over the last eighteen months it's in increased will have increased 11 or 12 percent the payout so there's a floor on the spending for the bottom and there's essentially no floor because you know what it's really strange todd when your checking account has two commas what, what do i care whether i spend you know four grand on something when your mm -hmm. checking account does not have a comma you care a lot and right now yeah you know, the average checking account for the top 20%, I just looked up, is about $18,000. So, I, I, you know, I don't care. I just, you know, bought a car. I just wrote a check. Um, Look you know, at you. It's a different world. It's just a different world. And, and if you don't live in it, you don't understand it or you don't appreciate it. Well, you, you wrote a check for that limousine. So that's that's fantastic. No, no, no. It's the Rolls Royce e-card. Did you see that? That's what I want. <laughs> There you go. With the some of the late not some of the uh, older used cars, that's harder to get done. It's harder to finance. You know, there's uh, an increase yeah. in repossessions. You are seeing some signs of stress, but not alarming. This doesn't. It doesn't feel like oh eight at all. I'm nothing close. So yeah. Well, I remember, okay. too, remember too that the average uh, car payment now is over a thousand dollars in the United States, which blows me away. Yeah. And I would offer that there are, you know, the, the repossessions are happening to people who had no business being approved for a thousand dollar a month mortgage uh, or, or payment. And most of those payments are for, you know, Ford 
150s and F-150s, right? So, um, yeah, I'm at the edges, but, you know, the marginal buyer, right? The person who's the price insensitive buyer Mm -hmm. is is dead right. The marginal buyer in the United States is the top 20%. And, you know, even going down to the, you know, $100,000 household, the average income per household is about $76,000 right now. The average top 40% uh, is about 115. The top for 20 is near 200,000. And so we have a very large price insensitive group that spends money like crazy. And if you look at my Facebook page, Todd, everybody's in freaking Europe or- Yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love your Facebook page. You, you comment a lot about TV as well. That's, yeah, that's I mean, always I mean, good. Crimea, <laughs> they're in you know Herzegovina. Everybody, nobody's in town. There you I go. There in there Crimea, you go. but no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, let's close it out on a block right there, guys. We clearly have the experts right here with us today, and we are giving you all the knowledge that you need to know on uh, from market action this week and what to look forward to over the next few weeks. So joining us again today is Reese Williams. He is the chief strategist over at Spouting Rock Asset Management in Brimar, Pennsylvania, which I think is the lacrosse hotbed of the entire state of Pennsylvania. But that's another topic. That's another topic for another time. So coming up after the break, we're going to get into more about the markets and also earnings period. We have a big Goldman Sachs number coming out next week. I want to get Reese's opinion on that as well. So please stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.
Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Show, where our special guest today is Reese Williams. He's the chief strategist at Spouting Rock Asset Management in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. And Reese, what, what we were talking about in the last talk was really all the optimistic things that are taking place, despite maybe the headwinds that you keep hearing about or reading about in the in the financial media. But what are the one the pitfalls? Because investors right now, we have that fear of missing out. People are jumping in. They're maxing out their 401k contributions. If people start, now you have really novice investors that are talking about it. And that's usually the tipping point when you have to start thinking we might be on the verge of a sell-off. But what are the pitfalls that everybody needs to worry about this summer? Well, I think the biggest is that the Fed keeps going and we're not one and done in July. Because I do think the the, the, the tightening is going to keep coming through the system. And it's just unclear how bad it gets. There's also a... a, a a, a geopolitical risk that sort of is very much in the back burner, but you still have a very live war going on in Crimea yeah. uh, and um, uh, and in, in the Ukraine. And then the, the idea that right now it appears that China and the U.S. want to make nice and it, it would make kind of no sense for the Chinese to invade Taiwan tomorrow because there's an election next year in, in, in Taiwan and there's a chance that a more pro-Chinese government gets elected. Um, and one that wants to do business basically with China, as opposed to, you know, will campaign a lot for an aggressively for independence. So it would make sense for China to do nothing, but, but there's certainly a risk out there that, that something heats up. Yeah. I mean, Todd, you know, the proverbial black swan, very interesting. I have this research network about hundred, excuse me, 1200 people around the world. And I remember distinctly getting this text saying, Toby, the Micron uh, DRAM plants in China have all closed down because people have this COVID is real. And that was like January 15th. And I was like, I don't know, Todd. I mean, the guy's name is Todd. Uh, you know, okay. And then he sent me a picture of the thing closed down. Same thing. We have a guy in the CIA who sent us a note here saying that, uh, that Russia is going to invade on February 27th to the date. And this was like in January, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know, you know. He gets it right. I'm I'm waiting for the text, Todd, from the you know people around the world that say, "Here's what you don't know. Here's the black swan you you don't know about." Yeah, because we're we're you know you could say we're priced to perfection, and obviously, if you overlay the earnings per share increase that a large company will get from artificial intelligence, even the generative AI, they're, they're just you know you know how you do when you get a mania. People are pricing that out like five years ahead. Uh, you're not going to see the earnings per share growth here, except for certain companies like NVIDIA, like um, SRIC, CLR, co companies that, that are making those, those giant boxes that you put all those chips into. They're making a killing uh, right now. Um, mm -hmm. but, but in general, the, what I'm worried about is, first off, when, the bank, when Goldman Sachs comes out next week, they're going to have the worst quarter you've ever seen. Because I, I think they closed maybe one investment banking deal. I mean, I saw them. They were talking with a friend of mine who's a small cap company to raise $18 million for Goldman Sachs raising $18 million. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so that, that lake has dried up. Um, but they and, could be. But they could. But, you know, Goldman, though. They could be doing the under promise over deliver method here as well. We just don't know. Uh, well, but yes, you are right. The forecast is supposed to be a very weak earnings period. And when they release earnings on Wednesday, it's not supposed to be that great. However, you know, Goldman, I mean, it could be a strategy. Yeah, well, look at look at the uh, Reese. What, you know, what gets me here is, I mean, for instance, it's, again, you got to think year over year, increase, decrease. The, the price of airline fuel is down about 28% from what it was before. And the prices are up 20%. 
well, geez, who hit the 52-week you know, high this week? In home building, uh, everybody around here has got a 2.4% mortgage. Are they going to sell that $2 million house to buy another $2 million house with a 6.6%? No, they're not going to do it, right? But if they're going to buy a new house, they're going to go to you know one of the big home builders and, and they're going to say, great, I want that $2 million house, but you're going to buy down that mortgage for the next five years for me at 2.2. So home building, you know, finally off the, the chair again. So there's cause and effect in the economy that is sort of at the micro level, not at the at the macro level. At the macro level, you know, 60% of the rest of the world spends their spends their money on paying their debt, not on education, not on healthcare. That was an amazing stat I saw today. But for the developed world, and I'll just say again about the American economy, is that when 60% of your people are getting a monthly check, another 30% of people have essentially 401ks, et cetera, and are, are retiring. Remember, the people my age who are retiring, I will never retire because what do I do? What would I do? <laughs> I've got a 401k, have a kind of a Roth IRA that if, when I start pulling money out of it, costs no taxes whatsoever. Our parents didn't have that. There was a cycle of spending that really dropped when they retired. But now somebody from the top 20, 30% when they retire is either going to be semi-retired working from home, retired, retired, and, you know, chasing girls down in New Orleans uh, and or, you know, the world and gets a freaking check every month that would choke a horse from their Roth, from their 401k, from their IRA, from their corporate pension. And so- Mm -hmm. It's a different world now, and, and I think right. that's why the economy is so resilient and why the Fed was so freaking wrong to, to, to think that you could pour $8 trillion of cash into the system and, and you know, after a pandemic and, you know, create the great, uh, you know, product uh, mm-hmm. inflation. Well, that is that is deflation now, Todd. We're actually seeing deflation. We we are so Reese. So Spouting Rock talks to the most notable uh, money management firms on Wall Street. You guys have an incredible history, uh, very seasoned history. And so, what are you in those circles of conversations? What are what are the conversations? What are the topics that are coming up? Is it a deflationary environment? People are concerned about maybe an earnings cycle uh, issue that we might have. I mean, because I got to say, right now, it seems like everything's great, except we have the 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 Fed, it's uncertainty. We have the Ukrainian war with Russia, it's an uncertainty. And, but I didn't realize that uh, the Taiwan election next year, it's amazing. But there's really not a lot of stuff right now that's going to signal to me that we have to be concerned. But what are the circles uh, that you have, that you're experiencing? What are the people saying uh, with, with you and, and your team? Well, yeah, I think... I, I, I do think there's some some things, other things you, you, you need to think about, but 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 I, I I'm not that bearish. I mean, I'm pretty bullish, like like Todd. I believe that that in general, probably the winds that are back here. Getting to Goldman, which he asked about earlier, um, clearly they're they're lowering expectations in a major way, but there hasn't been an really there hasn't been an IPO in a year and a half, right? So yeah. that's a disaster. And by the way, there's this woman named Lena Khan in Washington who's preventing MA from going through. Uh, that's true. That's a big part of Goldman's business too. So you know, one could say that they are. There's nothing that's secularly wrong with Goldman Sachs. They are just in the wrong cyclical parts of the investment yeah. banking world. And so I mm-hmm. do think you know Goldman might be interesting. We don't own the stock, mm-hmm. um, but we, we might be interesting longer term because it is a great franchise and they're and very cyclically depressed earnings 
businesses. And then they're getting rid of the, the stuff they shouldn't have been in anyway, which was Marcus. You know, yeah, what's what's the story? Well, I mean, Toby, let me jump in here on the Marcus. I want to follow up with that. What what, what will they do with it, though? I mean, you're, you, what are you, are you going to tell your, your savings uh, account clients that, OK, you got to take all of your money out or. I mean, are they just going to try to sell it for pennies on the dollar? They're going to sell the accounts, Todd. They're going to sell the accounts to somebody who's actually in the consumer freaking finance business, um, and they'll get pennies on the dollar for those accounts. But that happens all the time. It was just Goldman. Look, at when I see Patrick Cantlay, one of my favorite golfers, with the Goldman hat on, and then the Marcus logo, that was the only market I ever saw for Marcus was a golfer. Uh, their consumer market, they had no business being consumer marketing. And frankly, I think their CEO, you, you know, you can tie him back to at least three bad decisions. I wouldn't be surprised to see him take off and go out to his restaurant in the Hamptons, I guess, that he, that he owns. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that was a Lloyd Blankfein uh, thing when they put that together. And plus the, the collaboration with Apple. I wonder if that's just something they're looking to cut as well. It'll be really interesting. I think a lot of those those questions are going to be asked on the earnings oh, call yeah. on Wednesday, and we'll hear hear a little bit more about it. But overall, though, Reese is right. There hasn't been a lot of M and A activity, especially from the environment out of Washington. Be interesting to see how uh, how things play out. Hey Reese, next, uh, hey Reese, what are you election. buying? What are you buying, Reese? I can't say that. Oh, you can't. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unscrew you. I can, I can say off the record. If, if, if you, I'll be happy to talk to you off camera about what I'm buying. We'll go offline. Then, then you can do the opposite now. and make a lot of money. Well, <laughs> well, well, well we, let me add. <laughs> well, Reese, so let's go to that, though, for one thing. are you? Can you uh, give the audience maybe some um, some industry sectors that, uh, that maybe we could focus on? Sure, sure, sure. We can do that. Um, and and uh, you know we do own some of these big tech names, and uh, and I still think obviously we're not early, but th- those I think continue to work. And to I think Todd's point earlier, you know they've just recovered sort of where what not not even what they lost last yeah. year. They're still yeah. they're not at fifty two week highs. Several of them. I'm not going to mention individual names, yeah. but several of them aren't. And um, and so in that in general area, it's it's pretty good. And I think AI, we've got a good exposure there. We've talked a little bit about that, but it feels like the third inning there. I don't think this is 1999 again. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I would imagine AI is going to be big enough that it will be 1999 again before this is all over. And we'll get some, you know, we'll have this some crazy IPO cycle and and people will be justifying things on eyeballs again, uh, just because that's human nature. It's been 20 plus years and 23 years, 24 years. And we haven't, we haven't justified, we haven't bought things on eyeballs recently. So yeah. uh, we'll buy that. We'll, we'll do that again before it's all over. How about home builders, Reese? You, the sector. I like, I, I mean, to your point, if you want to move, you can't find an existing house. So, Home builders are in a good spot, despite the fact where interest rates are. Uh, I do think it's some, there's some level of interest rate that people say no mas, and you know, but it, we're not there yet, clearly, because the only people moving are the, those that that have to move. Um, you know, not not that want to move. Well, and we actually, the other thing that will certain- help, I think, that will help the 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 reconstruction stocks or the the building construction stocks is you know, the Home Depots and the Lowe's of the world. Is is people if people can't move, they'll spruce up their house a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. the other one that gets me is if you take the let's see the. Well, five, 4.5, $440 billion CHIP Act. And then you take the Inflation Reduction Act. I still can't say that without smiling, which is a green energy <laughs> at, at really at about $1.6 when you take the green bonds and the cash. Mm-hmm. Secondly, what's hitting 52-week highs? Oh, aluminum, steel, you know, infrastructure. We have a plant out here 
that's being built for $42 billion for just one fab for Taiwan Semiconductor. Yeah. And then when you have a semiconductor plant, you have to have a hydrogen plant, you have to have a chemical plant, you have to have all the attendant stuff. They're they're bringing in 18,000 new uh, people to live. God knows how they, they need to invent a water machine, I think, to actually make that happen out here. But I've never seen an economy that has so many legs underneath it uh, at the same time. And and yet every almost every Wall Street analyst has been saying for the last six months, oh, it's a recession. Oh, and by the way, the dollar has come down so much that gold is outperforming tech this week and silver is outperforming. What does that say, Reese, when gold and silver are, are outperforming? Finally outperforming. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, I guess Bitcoin's also had a huge move. And I think that's part yeah, of yeah. that whole that whole thing. And I mean, on the dollar, I, I do think it's interesting. And, and maybe this whole geopolitical thing is is hurting the dollar a little bit because you have the, you know, you did you did confiscate Russia's money. And so that tells everybody that's potentially doing something that the US government not like might not like not to keep too many dollars because you might not they might not be yours. You might just be leasing dollars. So I, I do think that's interesting. a longer term issue um, for the dollar. Uh, and yeah. and that and if, if the dollar weakens over time, that's good for gold. That's good for silver. Yeah. It's good for Bitcoin. Yeah, we That's actually, a great soundbite. Todd, we have a, a fund, GLDI is the ticker symbol, and it's a leveraged fund that owns gold. They have the same one that's, that's um, USOI that's oil. We're getting 31% yields off of these things because they Incredible. sell options, right? And we've been doing that for the for the last, you know, three or four months on uh, oil. But oil is also telling us a story. When you take 1.5 million barrels out from Saudi, you take another 500,000 uh, a day, and that's starting August 1st, and you got jets taken off, and you got people on the freaking road. Oh, my Lord, don't get me started on that. Um, <laughs> you know, our consumption is up on gasoline. Our storage is down. So we're, we're actually bullish on, on oil. Um, and that's the one area, getting back to areas of the market that, yeah. that hasn't worked is energy, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it's been, it's been, it was great last year, but it's been terrible this year. Yep. And despite all the cuts that Saudi's announced and Russia's announced and, and demand has actually been better than expected, um, you know, oil price has been disappointing, frankly. And, and I do think that that is that one area that over time, there's, there's not a lot of $60 oil out there to find right. So I think there is a a a put, uh, and and that will be just a lack of supply if the if the oil price keeps coming down. Mm -hmm. And also the the U.S. government needs to 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 put more back into storage, right? I mean they one of the one of the reasons the oil got where it was is because the U.S. government was aggressive seller of uh, mm -hmm. of the oil they had in, in the in the SDI, and then that's all going to come come back in the next mm -hmm. few years. Yeah, you know that's yeah. the only great trade I've ever seen America do. <laughs> bought a bunch of oil for twenty and thirty dollars a barrel, sold it for sixty, seventy, eighty. Yeah, amazing. 60, 80, 90, exactly. But they got to, they got to, they got to buy it back now, right? So you got to right. be right twice. So we'll yeah, see if the they capital, get that money. The Capitol Hill should have told Uncle Joe about that. He was like, "Out there, <laughs> we can make money like crazy here." Well, Joe, we got to buy. Oh my goodness! Well, gentlemen, let's leave it. Let's leave it there. Once we once we turn that corner around to the politics talk, we might want to just stop <laughs> it right there. So. <laughs> but but listen, so uh, so Reese Williams from Chief Strategist from Spouting Rock Asset Management, 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. I know the audience got a tremendous amount of knowledge. I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. And we really do appreciate you taking the time. And on behalf of Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. We want to wish everyone a wonderful weekend. And we'll be back next week with another Buy, Hold, Sell. Take care. Buy, Hold, Sell brought to you by Crosscheck Management. I want you to smash that like button. (laughs) In a world where secrets have consequences and lies can't be hidden forever, immerse yourself in the gripping new thriller No Lie Lifts Forever by Todd M. Schoenberger. Join Wall Street hedge fund manager Travis Carmichael as he delves deeper into a web of corruption and conspiracy, finding himself entangled in a high-stakes game where souls are at stake and trust is a luxury he can't afford. Critics and readers can't get enough of this heart-pounding page-turner, calling it a masterfully crafted suspense novel that will leave you breathless. No Lie Lives Forever is a masterfully crafted thriller that will leave you guessing until the very end. With its intricate plot twists and unforgettable characters, this is a must-read for fans of suspense and mystery. From the mind of acclaimed author Todd M. Schoenberger comes a novel that will challenge your perceptions and keep you turning the pages late into the night. Critics and readers alike can't get enough of No Lie Lives Forever. It's been hailed as a gripping roller coaster ride, a true page turner that will leave you breathless. Don't miss your chance to uncover the truth. Immerse yourself in the suspenseful world of No Lie Lives Forever by Todd M. Schoenberger. Available now on Amazon and at finer bookstores near you. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.